G'day, this is Mike Holt, your host for the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast. This is the second in an eight-part series of discussions with Brian Shaw about our constitution and the political situation we find ourselves in today. In this episode, Brian examines a bit of history to give us an insight into what has gone wrong with our constitution and why it's not working for us right now. But I should remind you that the only way we're going to get back under our Commonwealth of Australia constitutional government is if we all stand up together and demand it. These politicians have stolen our birthright. They have stolen our rights and now it's time to take them back. So if you agree, please stay listening and of course visit my website cirnow.com.au for more information and advanced-australia.com.au as well as mywillaustralia.com Do you know that by 2030 as many as 800 million jobs could be lost worldwide to automation? Future Blackboard is an educational platform for developing emerging careers, jobs and skills. Future Blackboard offers courses designed for the future. Are you concerned about cybersecurity? Future Blackboard is offering a course on how to spot and beat hackers, prevent tracking, browse anonymously, and counter government surveillance, as well as master the tools for antivirus, malware, and disk encryption. Future Blackboard is offering a special price for just $65 for June and July in cybersecurity and anonymity. Enroll now at www.futureblackboard.com and click on Courses on the menu. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. G'day there, Brian. I'm back with Brian Shaw. And uh, in our last session, we talked about the origins of the Constitution. And now Brian and I are going to talk about what's happened to our Constitution. Where did it go wrong and why? So, Brian... Can you give us some background on this, please? Now, when we're dealing with United Kingdom legislation, which is what we are, we're, we're an offshoot of that, um, it's critical to understand what you call the City of London. Now, the City of London is not accountable to the monarch of the United Kingdom. It's a totally separate sovereign principality. It's about 680 acres. The main part of the drag is Fleet Street itself. Now we backtrack a bit to a lot of time. The European Crusade. Everyone reads that as a history. It's not a history, it's present, it's current. Except they've changed from riding on a horse to riding in a big expensive aeroplane now. They are international bankers today. There's two arms. There's the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem, otherwise called Knights Malta. The other arm is the Knights Templars. Now they were the two critical arms or the two big armed forces, armed forces, whatever you want to call them, of the Crusades. They were allegedly going to free Jerusalem from um, 
being overcome. But their real assignment was to leave uh, where they came from and find Solomon's gold in Jerusalem. That was the real issue. The problem is they obviously found the gold but didn't take it back to the person who wanted it, and that was the Pope in Vatican City. I don't know. I don't think it was called Vatican City way back in those times. But it was the Pope who initiated the letters that began those two big orders: Knights of Saint John of Jerusalem, Knights Malta, and the Knights Templars. But after a couple of hundred years, when they worked out they weren't getting the loot, somebody took it all, taken it all, stolen, whatever you want to work it out. Uh, the Pope issued a, a decree against the Templars, outlawing them. That's where all hell was. That's where all this began to go pear-shaped. Um, those Templars and Knights of St. John of Jerusalem, there's a 1540 UK ban on the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem. It's sitting in, I found it in the Victorian Supreme Court Library. It's go to the 1540 years and you'll find it. So it's, statute, it's a statute ban. Because they said, you're taking our money out of here and sending it to Rome. And your allegiance is not to us, it's to Rome. That's clear in the statute. I haven't been able slaughter. There was quite a big slaughter at the time too, wasn't there? In 1540? Yeah. Everyone was killing everybody. Yeah, but I mean the Templars got almost wiped out, didn't they? Well, Jacques D. Malloy was the the Grand Master at the time. They caught him. But he said something like, just before he's ready to be done, he said, the king and the pope will meet me within a year. Now those words meant, any Templar out there who can hear me, go and kill him now. It was an assassination. And they were both killed within the year, the monarch and the king. So whatever, whoever was listening when followed at his orders. Now here comes that problem. They've never forgiven anyone for putting that ban on them which means it's still current. Now, one of the big players of the First Crusade was the Greek Orthodox Church. They're the ones who made it happen, who originated it. But reading between the lines, they were sort of saying, look, we're getting overrun back here, so if we get the Pope on board, we'll be able to bring them all over and help us out. So the first fortress they came across, they conquered it, the Greeks took it over and locked the Templars out. <laughs> no honour amongst thieves, is there? Do you think the Templars forgot? <laughs> well, in the bail-in legislation, which is cleaning out everyone's bank accounts, Cyprus was the first one they hit. <laughs> so there you have Templar retaliation for a whole country with a banking system. Go look in your bank accounts, there's nothing in there. Because we remember when you locked us out. Now, I'm assuming... The Greek back there and wherever worked out, well, if we're going to get overcome, if they win, we'll probably get killed. So we're better off to get the Pope to give us a hand and we'll take over the first fortress we get and we'll make our headquarters there, furthest the way they could. Now, that's all supposition. But I don't think I missed it by much, which means the Greek Orthodox Church has got a bit of counting to do. So is the Vatican. But the Scripture sends it to Israel or Jerusalem, Isaiah 28 from memory, says that rule my people from Jerusalem. So the whole thing put it come into the equation. Jerusalem, London, 
Mecca, whatever. You're allowed to do that in a court of law without any racial discrimination or whatever crap. Because here's why you can do it. And here's where it's all gone pear-shaped. The moment any government, parliament or whatever within Australia, chuck the Queen out, the Crown out, the Oath of Allegiance too, both of that, um, her heirs, successors and subjects, this whole thing went pear-shaped. And that happened on the 1st of January 2004. This is a specific act. It's the West Australian Act. But then when the Yahoos go, oh, but that's West Australia. It's got nothing to do with us. We're in whatever. I said, no, Cobber. You're in federation. Yeah. And federation means you're all in the one pot. And what they're after and what they want, uh, they want the, every resource Australia's got. And we've got a lot. But in getting those resources, we've got to get the land and the people. Now, at the moment, I think it's 25 million people here living with a pulse. Unfortunately, where it went pear-shaped and big time was that at Federation, Queen Victoria was possibly a, belonged to the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem. Now, could you ask me how that would affect Federation? I'm still having trouble getting my head around this. Yeah, but that's why they're getting away with it. Yes. Because they know the average Aussie won't think it's true to the point of being able to run it in a court of law. Yeah, the Queen was removed. But the problem is that Federation, we're dealing with Queen Victoria. The Queen who did most of the colonies obviously then was responsible and still alive, allegedly, at Federation. But in 1888, that's when all the secret societies went into London to basically change the whole structure of how they're going to run the countries that they had control of. Now, allegedly, I'm saying all that because it's not proven in any court of law just yet, that's when Queen Victoria became a Knights of St. John of Jerusalem in 1880. She did that because her son, who then went on to be our king after the death of Queen Victoria, he had the job in 1901 to 1910, he was the highest-ranked Mason in Europe. Is that a problem? Well, that's, that's absolutely contrary to what we see as purportedly the document we work on, the Commonwealth Constitution. But the problem is nobody's remembering the Crusaders and what they had to achieve. So when we're talking about the City of London and we're talking about Fleet Street and all that sort of stuff, that was all set up by them and they're still running it and they're running the banks as well and they're running it all out of London. Nobody's unwrapped the Masonic Lodge. So what chance do we have fighting all of this in Australia? You've got a good chance. We're not landlocked. That's a problem, big problem in Europe. Yeah. We don't have that problem. And we're, we're an island a long way from Europe. We don't need Europe. And that's why I would presume the UK's trying to get out of the European Union. They don't need Europe either. Because the problem with what you call clashing of uh, spiritual beliefs, in the European Union, everything's in the pot. It's all the same. But when you come back into England, it was formed specifically in its legals to separate it from the Catholic Church. Mm. Here comes the issue. When you read the 1688 Bill of Rights, it's only about five pages, and anyone I've talked to have never read it or understood it. Well, I have. Yeah, well, it's only about four or five pages, but it makes the quite, it makes the absolute point that the foreign power to the UK is the Vatican. Is that agreed? Yes. 
the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem, the head of the Knights of St. John of Jerusalem today is the Pope. He became the Pope, the head of that about 18 months ago. He sacked the Grand Master in the Vatican and made himself the boss. But here's the problem. I should presume you're sitting in Queensland now. Yes. If you go and check all your last 10 governors, the majority will be Knights of St. John of Jerusalem. Sounds right. Absolutely. Well, who did the 2001 Constitution? A military man? Yeah. Knights of St. John of Jerusalem. Because that's military. This is not all parts sitting around in a lodge drinking rum or whatever. This is people who can get on jet planes and wreck whole countries when they're told to do it because they hold the key to the economics of all the countries. Now, this brings up an interesting question because this morning I was talking to Larry Hannigan and uh, we were talking about the current Governor General who was involved in that ADFA um, 6 case. you remember that? No. That was the military um, case where he covered up the, the attacks on the military girls. I think it was the Navy. Are you talking about Cosgrove or the current Governor General? Current one. Yeah. The new one. Yes, the new one. Yeah. He's also ex-military, and, and I guess he's also a knighter, is he? Well, apparently, and we, as I said there at the beginning, it's impossible outside of supposition, unless we're in litigation, as in chuck them in the witness box and ask that direct question. Because allegedly, the moment they become in those ranks, Governor or Governor General, if they're not already in there, they'll be in there within the week. That's how that works. And in, in relation to the Governor General, You'll generally find that gazetted in the UK work, not in Australia. It doesn't appear in the Australian stuff. They leave it out. So they jump them on a plane, take them over there, do what they've got to do with them, and then they walk out. They left as a Governor-General, but came back as a Governor-General or a Knights of St. John of Jerusalem. You check Anderson, the one who did your Constitution in 2001. Why didn't he apply Section 53 when he changed your Constitution? That's how it goes wrong. Because Sonic laws is skilled at altering a document. They're, they're the master counterfeiters of the world. Yeah. I can say that anywhere because they can't sue me. Do you know why they can't sue me? Because I've got the Grand Master of Freemasonry in West Australia on bail. Aha. <laughs> That's why they can't sue me. I've got him pending a grand jury in Victoria. So I'd love the risk because it opens up everything they're trying to conceal. They're running everything... They've allegedly put a document on the table that says that's our constitution. But the only part of it they're actually working is the election process. Everything else has gone in the gutter. Where does the um, Australia Act come into all this then? Uh, can we talk about that in the next section? Because that's the one I love. And I'll tell you quite clearly on this little thing. The person that is the most accountable one that needs to be prosecuted is Damien Boat. Oh, Yes. We'll move into that in the next session. Okay. Is that okay? All right, Brian. I'm only doing it like this, then people are trying to listen. Don't get what you call an overfeed of too much. But yeah. flick it off and say, you know, go and mow the lawns or clean the gutters. <laughs> okay. I'd like to hell I'm clean the gutters. Oh, you can go do it. Thanks very much for coming <laughs> on again, Brian, and uh, we'll be back soon. I'm just breaking this session, so we move into the Australia Act when I come back to this suit. You have been listening to the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast.